Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another installment of our weekly podcast, Inspiring Jewish Women. And today I have a very, very dear friend of mine, Jody Burkell from Thornhill, Toronto, Ontario. Just in case people don't know that Thornhill is the suburb, the hub in Toronto. It's where I grew up. And although I didn't know Jody all the years that I spent in Toronto, we met a couple years ago. It's as if God aligned the stars and it just, it was meant to be. So yeah. Jody is the coordinator for NCSY's Jewish Family Experience right now in Toronto, but she has over 25 years of entrepreneurship in the children's entertainment world. That's so cool. But she has taken a pivot turn in her life and is now a Jewish educator, speaker, author, and just incredible woman. And so, so grateful to Hashem that I have you in my inner circle, Jody. I just continue learning from you and really basking in your light. Thank you, Eve. It's really my greatest honor to be connecting with you in something that is so precious to both of us. So thank you so much for this opportunity. So I'm not sure what it is that connects us so tightly, but the fact that we are both granddaughters of Holocaust survivors, being second generation from survivors, there is a power in that. And it is something that has been in your life and in my life, in our own worlds, in our own you know, upbringings, very, very different, different paths. But it is definitely something that is very, very central to who we are and to how we move forward in our lives. Is that how you feel? A hundred percent. Really being the granddaughter of survivors has directed much of my adult life. Not so much growing up, but certainly later in life when I started to really learn more about it, connect to that history, is really when it began to direct the steps of my life and certainly my Jewish life, that's for sure. So interesting. I, I feel that it's unfortunate that it's the pain that has propelled us forward, but I honestly don't know where I would be or my family, my, my siblings, my parents, I'm not sure where we would be without the backdrop of our history, right? We have decided to dedicate our lives to our Judaism to make sure that we know and we understand what it means to live like a Jew because so many of our family were not able to do so. So our topic for today is thriving and not just surviving. Right? It's really, really using whatever it is that we're holding on to. You could call it pain and trauma because we do carry all of that. You know, it's been passed down in different ways. I grew up with my grandparents and my parents talking about the Holocaust a lot. 
It was a normal Friday night with my grandparents coming to visit from Montreal, all of us sitting around the couches late at night after the meal. And my grandmother was sharing stories about her brother, her young Moishelen. She was the oldest of, I think, six children. And she would share these stories and she would cry. That was a normal Friday night. And I would be, you know, holding her soft skin and massaging my bubby and she'd be massaging my my feet in Yiddish. There was such a warmth and such a security in that space, but it was also laced with so much heartache and pain and kind of this fear in a way, like how could that happen? These are the stories of our family. How was it for you growing up? So Eve, it's so interesting as you're describing that. I can't imagine just because my experience is completely different. Basically, you know, we did spend Friday night dinners at my boobies. You know, I wouldn't call it Shabbat. It was a Friday night meal with my family. But I do remember uh, helping my boobie in the kitchen and we're, you know, cleaning up or preparing whatever it was. And I remember, I said, boobie, what's on your arm? What are the numbers on your arm? I asked her and she said, Eve, it's my phone number. So I don't forget. Wow. And I believed her because of course, boobies always tell the truth. Hmm. And that was really all I knew. I would say for the first, let's say 16 or 17 years um, of my life, I knew they were survivors but I didn't really, we didn't talk about the Holocaust. My booby didn't share any of her stories. I just knew that my grandparents, both my, um, my booby and my Zadie, I never had the chance to meet him. They mm. were both survivors of the Holocaust. But in terms of their stories, I didn't have any yet. When did you start learning about it and understanding and, and putting it on? Because in a way, we carry this, Jody. We're passing it on to our children. I was speaking to my father this morning, and we we're talking about, are we considered second generation, third generation? How does it work? And he said, no, Eve, you're second generation from the Holocaust, but chances are the third generation is not going to have a direct connection. My younger children may not remember any of their great-grandparents. Right. We have a big responsibility, don't we? We really, really do. To not only our children, but to the world. We need to be the voices for right. all of those that are no longer able to be right. that voice right now. And so you were asking me, you know, when did I really start to understand and put the pieces together and connect them to my life personally? So if you remember when Steven Spielberg started the Shoah Foundation, so I heard about it. And I thought, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I have to have my boobie's story. We need it for our family and we, and we need it for the world. So I approached my family and I said, guys, you know, we have to get Booby to do this. And Eve, I have to tell you, I came up against like a lot of negative feedback my family was very against it. They were saying, no, no, she can't talk about it because it's too traumatic and she's 80 years old and we can't do this. But I persisted and I went to my booby and kind of sideswiped her children, which I understood. But at the same time, I knew I needed to know. I needed to know my history for myself and for my children, you know, my future children. I wasn't married at the time. But I knew 
we had to have this. And so I persisted and thank God um, we made it happen. So then I really sat there for three hours and listened for the first time in my life to my Bobby's story and what happened to her. And she was holding it all in for so many years. When she shared it with you, when she was able to share it for the first time, was it a healing experience for her? We need to deal with our trauma. We know in our day and age, especially now, everyone has a therapist. We have so much that we need to unload and we know that it's not healthy to hold in. We need to put it down. We need to work it out. This generation, how did they carry on holding so much pain and trauma and baggage? Somehow they did it. They were resilient. Our bubbies, they're like the strongest women. Heroes heroes, heroines. You know, Eve, for a long time, I was always saying Holocaust survivors. Yeah. And then recently, maybe last year, I went to hear, I went to a presentation and Zale Newman called them Holocaust heroes. So from now on, I refer to them what they truly are, which is Holocaust heroes. That's so. amazing. And there's a great rabbi that once said that if you see a person with a number tattooed on their arm, meaning that they were a survivor of the camps, you should go over to them and ask them for a blessing. And I remember in the later years, having my grandmother with us, thank God, until 98 years old, everywhere we went, people would be coming over to her and saying, please, can you give me a blessing? And she would always look at me like, Evela, you, they want my blessing? Who am I? She didn't see herself as this great person that she was. A year before her passing, she came to Portland and I brought my community together. We had about, I don't know, 150 people come into our synagogue and she was on the stage and she was sharing her stories. When she finished, it was 10 o'clock at night, taking every question and kissing everyone and receiving flowers. And she was on such a high. My father said to her, Bobby, it looks like you're ready to go to the dance clubs. She was on such a high. There's a part of sharing that heals. Unfortunately, at least for your grandmother, it came on later in life, but it's so important that it came. And it's so important and precious that you have the stories now forever. That's right. So Jody and I met a couple years ago, probably back in 2017 in Toronto. Who knew you lived right down the street from where I grew up, but we connected over the fact that we are both granddaughters of Holocaust survivors. And the fact that there's this passion in us to really, really make the Jewish world a brighter place. Not just never again. You know, those words, that hashtag, what does it even mean, never again? How do we know never again? We need to live our lives in a way that we will ensure that the Jewish people will be so strong. So one of my favorite projects that I've been doing for the past couple years is leading trips to Poland and to Israel. And I remember coming to you, Jody, and saying, you need to do this trip with me. And at first, <laughs> you weren't so into it. <laughs> How did you feel? Eve, a trip to Poland was never on my radar. Usually your family encourages you, like, go, you got to do this. So as I mentioned, that's not my experience. So much of this came from an internal, you get to a point where for so long I was saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, because I was so worried that I would be broken. 
I'm very sensitive, Eve. I'm very sensitive in particular to this. And my family was also very concerned that I would have a breakdown if I go to the camps. My mother-in-law, God bless her, she's the best. She's like, you know, Jody, take some Ativan so you don't have a nervous breakdown when you go. No, and she was for real. Yeah. You know, I, I got to a point where I knew I had to go. First of all, my boobies was 90 years old at the time. And I, I realize it's now or never when I still have the opportunity to speak to her about what I was going to see. So that like pushed me. And, and my husband was awesome. He said like, you got to go. So we went. It's interesting. When I first started dreaming about this trip to be able to take women, all different women from different backgrounds, whether it was their history that they were walking into or the Jewish people's collective history. I just knew that this would be such an important thing, especially for my mother who had always wanted to come on a trip with me, but she was never eligible to come on the momentum trips. And I just knew that my mother needed to do this trip for herself, for her healing, for her journey, to be able to, to have a little closure, if you could say, to be able to pray at the place where all of her family ended, you know, her great grandparents, her aunts and uncles, everyone ended up in the gas chambers in Auschwitz. And we know from our trip that there is a place where you come through the whole camp and at the end place where the crematorium and the gas chambers stood, they're bombed. So they're kind of collapsed, but intact over there. At the end of that, there is kind of like a big pit where all the ashes were dumped into. And to be able to stand there at a matseva, at a, a stone, a memorial stone, and to pour out your heart and all the years, everything you've been carrying for your whole life, and to walk away feeling stronger. When we were walking through those camps, Jody, with our Israeli flags wrapped around our shoulders and arm in arm, all these fabulous, strong women from all around the world, it was almost as if we were singing, we won. That was your hashtag of the trip, we won. That's my hashtag for life, Eve. Mm, beautiful. You know, I, I look back and I think to myself, you know, the enemies of the Jewish people did not accomplish what they set out mm -hmm. to accomplish. And so we all, all of us, Jews everywhere, are a living testament to the fact that we won. So that's why I say it all the time. And every time I see anything Jewish, like I'm like, yes, we won. Yeah. And we really are the greatest revenge, right? Just our existence, the way we could get out in the world and smile and be proud to be Jews. I never felt so much pride as walking through those camps arm in arm with my sisters and my mother, and we had children of Holocaust survivors, grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, many Jews by choice that have joined us. It was this beautiful coming together of sparks and souls. And we were just so strong and proud. Oh, it's hard to describe, honestly. It really, really is. There are very few times in my life that I have felt so, so strong in every sense of myself as being in that place. Hard to imagine, right? Hard to, hard to understand how such a dark place could bring so much light. You know, Eve, I heard this, I think you were, you know, maybe speaking somewhere that I, I heard you share a letter or a diary entry 
that you wrote on your first trip to Poland and people ask me all the time about my trip or I tell them, I tell them all the time about my trip and I say, it was the most inspiring trip of my life. And it's like a mind blow to people. They don't understand. They said, oh, did you go to Israel? I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about Poland. Wow. It was the most inspiring trip of my life. So, well, I, I don't have my diary um, in front of me, but I do remember what you're talking about. And I think, I mean, this diary entry was written when I was 18 years old. That was my first trip when I was studying abroad for the year. And it was actually hard to make that final decision. I remember asking my bubbies, would you be okay if I went back to Poland? And it wasn't a straight out yes. There were a lot of opinions. Don't give a sense to that land. Why would you go there? It was, it brought up a lot. And little did they know, and little did I know, that it would be such a turning point in my life, in the trajectory that I was going to take. And actually, just recently, I was working with an energy healer. She was kind of just feeling me out and telling me a little bit about the direction of my life. It was very interesting. And she said to me, wow, something happened in your life that has changed your path. And I said, really? What, like, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? And she said, oh, I, it, it seems like it happened around 18 years old. And I told her, yeah, that's actually, I think that was the biggest pivot of my life. And it was standing in the gas chambers. It was in that place that you would think, come on, just, I remember being in that space at, at that young age and I couldn't even breathe. I felt the souls. I mean, the walls were just closing in with the blue cyclone B on the wall still. And you see the nail scratchings and it's a terrible place to be in. And we prayed and it was almost as if it wasn't me praying for their souls. It was them looking down from Shamayim. They're in a good place. They're looking down. They're not in pain anymore. But they were asking me, Eve, what are you going to do for the Jewish people? And when I walked out of that space, that, that, that gas chamber, that millions of people did not walk out of. And I walked out, it was May, the sun was shining, the birds were chirping, there was grass, there was dandelions blowing in the grass. That was the first day of the rest of my life. So what was it for you? What was that moment for you, Jody, on your trip? The moment for me on, on our trip was really the moments before we were leaving Poland and gonna go to Israel. And we were visiting our last concentration camp. We were in Auschwitz-Birkenau. And before we were leaving, I waited back and I asked to walk to block 25 um, just prior, which is the death block. And that's where my great grandmother's last moments were. I wanted to see it for myself. So I saw it and then I walked towards the entrance of Birkenau. And there was someone there with an Israeli flag and I asked them, can I, can I borrow that? They said, yes. And I grabbed the flag and I wrapped myself in the flag tighter probably than I ever have in my life. And Eve, I stood on those tracks and I remember I was looking forward to where the train would have been coming towards us. And I remember turning and looking back to what was behind me, which was the barracks, which was the train tracks and what was the collapsed roof 
of the crematorium. So I remember looking back for a moment and then turning forward and thinking to myself, look at what they tried to do to us. Look at what they did do to us. And I paused, I'm like, look at this. And then I thought, and look who we are in the face of what they did to us. And so at that moment, I was thinking of the resilience, the unbelievable resilience of the Jewish people and how we responded to this darkness and how the Jewish people, our bubbies, and everyone else, all the other survivors, they went forward in their life with love and with hope and faith, and they rebuilt. And I was thinking, this is the most inspiring thing I have ever thought of in my life, the resilience of the Jewish people. And then, Eve, I thought a little bit more, and I'm thinking, this is not the end of the story, right? And I thought, we are a continuation of this story. And then I thought, all of us, we're all a continuation of this story. And at that moment, it just really fanned the flames. The flame was pretty high to begin with. But, you know, if you can fan it even further, of really my responsibility to rebuild after all this, to rebuild the Jewish people, it's like, it's my life mission. I'm so inspired by your words, and it's reminding me about our job, right? Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes we forget. It's a big job right. to feel so much responsibility for the Jewish people. You know, you and I, we live in different places and different countries, but we've always joked that one day we'd love to work together, right? We want to work for Team God, Team Jewish people. Nothing else is important. It doesn't matter which boss we work for. We work for the boss. <laughs> and our heart is so with our brothers and sisters. We just want to see the future being bright and vibrant and positive. Please, God, we should really see that in our days and our children should experience that in their lives. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're such a powerhouse and you've really, really woken up and kind of relit my fire. Um, I love speaking to you. Any opportunity we could speak, it's, it's always a treat. So I'm going to wipe my tears and I want to share with our listeners the story of how you and I were inspired to bring our grandmothers together. It was kind of like this double date that we did <laughs> after our trip. And it wasn't such an easy thing to, to organize, right? I was in Toronto for a summer for a visit and it was a Friday afternoon. And I said, Jody, let's do it. Like we spoke about it in passing, but now it seemed like a good opportunity, but it's really hard to get 90 plus year old women together. So it turns out, <laughs> you know, one was taking a nap and the other one had to take her pills. And then the other one was eating lunch. Oh, I wasn't, you know, it was just, it, it, I thought it wasn't going to happen. And last minute, two hours before Shabbat, it was pretty late in, in the afternoon on the Friday where you texted me and you said, you know, now is a good time. And I checked in with my grandmother and she said, okay, I'm up for it. And it was so exciting. So let's share this story together. This story you so beautifully wrote up on H.com where you could find a lot of your powerful writings. I, I'm such a fan of your written work, Jody, and, and everything you put out in the world. You're such a gift to the Jewish people. 
And so I'm encouraging everyone to go and to look up the article on H.com written by Jody Burkell called The Jewish People Lives. And you will see pictures of our babies together. But let's share a little bit of that story and, and how it was such a meaningful experience for all of us. So finally, when we all came together, <laughs> finally, after, you know, lots of ups and downs that day, we came together and it's like two strangers meeting each other, right? Two women that, that different ages, and I think they're about six years apart. Was your grandmother 92 and my grandmother was maybe 97? Yeah, I think so. Five years. And so they sat down, they started chatting, and it didn't take long until things got really interesting. So my grandmother and your grandmother were talking. It was in English and Yiddish. Sometimes it's like Yinglish, you know, and it's like Yiddish and English and all the languages come in. They both came from the same city in Warsaw. Right. And they were talking first about where they grew up. And my grandmother was saying, do you remember the hospital on the corner right across the street from the bakery? Yeah, that's where we lived, right near there. And oh yeah, of course I remember it. And what school did you go to? And they were kind of just chit-chatting, like as if we were just having a regular, normal <laughs> coffee date over here. And it didn't take long until they started getting into their stories, stories of when their families were taken from them, the parts where they were taken to the Umschagplatz, the place of deportation, which we went to on our trip, right, Jody? where they have all the, the memorial and the names, all the names, all the names. You could find every Jewish name on that wall, right? I found all of my grandparents' names and all of our names because all of us children, we've all been named for Holocaust survivors. So they started talking about their experience at this place of deportation and the cries that they heard and the wails and the hunger, the need to go to the bathroom. It was just, they stood there for days at this deportation place. And then they started sharing, you know, where did you go? Where were you deported to? It, it was so matter-of-factly. Jody and I were literally holding each other, listening, just eyes open. I, I wish we could have recorded the whole experience. Me too. Because it kept unfolding and it kept getting deeper and deeper. And they kept getting more and more excited when their stories kind of connected together. Right. There was a point when they were holding hands. Do you remember, Eve? Yeah. You know, it was like this connect the dots, this devastating connect the dots of where were you at this point and when were you taken and where did you go? And I remember just as you said, Eve, just sitting there watching with my mouth open, mm -hmm. uh, listening painfully, but also miraculously at the same time of it, you know, it's always these, these shared moments of this is so painful and yet so resilient that we're, and thank God that we're here and they're here. Mm -hmm. And so there's a piece of that too, that in them coming together was again, this reaffirmation of we survive. We're not just surviving, right? Yeah. We're thriving. Yeah, especially um, having both of their granddaughters on the side over there and right? as they're sharing the story. And as their story was shared and they were saying how, I think my grandmother asked your grandmother, and how long were you in my Danik for? And she said, three months. And she said, oh, me too, three months. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then where did you go? Auschwitz. Oh, yeah, me too. And so much of their stories had similar parts to it. Right. It was parallel journeys. Yeah. And then they pulled up their sleeves 
mind-boggling. They were kind of, um, you know, checking each number, like one next to the next. I looked it up after. They're 900 apart. And Eve, after I remember going home, I wrote down both the numbers, then I figured it out how many numbers apart, and then I researched approximately how many people were on the trains at a time. You know, the number came back to around 1,500. When they took Jews from Majdanek to Auschwitz, around 1,500. Wow. And so then, then I realized, I think I probably phoned you right away, and I said, it is very possible that these two women were on the trains and they arrived together in Auschwitz. Wow. I remember they could have sat there for forever. They, they were so excited. And at a certain point, it was almost Shabbat. And we knew that we both needed to go home and get ready for, for the Sabbath. And it was hard to pull them apart because there was so much to talk about. And later that night, after we lit the Shabbat candles, my grandmother said to me, Ivala, that's what she called me. Ivala, I never thought in my whole life I would meet someone with such a similar story. And she was crying. She said, Ivala, it was, it was one of the highlights of my life to meet this woman and to share our experiences. She's had friends, many friends. She outlived most of her friends. When you're 98, it's, it's very lonely <laughs> up at the top. When she passed away, most of her friends had already gone. And she's had her Canadian friends and her friends from the old country and everyone comes with their stories, but she had never met someone that had such a similar path that had lost so much. And for her, she found so much comfort in this. This was a healing part of her story, of her life. And I'm so grateful that God brought you and I together that we were able to then in turn bring these two women together. And Jody, every time I call you and you say, Eve, I'm on my way to see my grandmother. I pray that your grandmother be well and healthy. She should have a, a speedy and complete recovery. I know she's going through so many hardships in her, in her old age. I think of you, I think of the blessing that we have been given to have not only our childhood, but our adult life with these women, these figures in our life to guide us, to direct us, and to teach us what love and strength and resilience and choosing life really, really is. Right. My father wrote a letter to his children last night. I read it and it really, really moved me. And he was reflecting on this year, Corona, and it's so different. And he said the hardest part of this year is that when he comes home from services, his mother is not there to greet him. He said all the years his mother would come for the high holidays and be with us in Toronto. And the last year of her life, she was living with my parents in Toronto. And he would come home from synagogue and he would lean over and she would kiss him on the head and she would say, his name Shlomo, but in Yiddish, my son, my child, Yiddish, beautiful. And she would kiss him and hug him. And he said he missed it so much. He said, but what a gift to be 72 years old, being kissed and hugged and called by your 98-year-old mother. What a gift. What a gift that we have had to have these women, to have this experience. And now, Jody, I just want to turn it to you a little bit now. 
how are you feeling with everything that is going on in the world around us? We say the words never again, and, and we want to be so strong. And yes, we're doing our part in holding up our side of the world and making sure that these messages are passed on. But then at the same time, we don't need to look far to see that anti-Semitism is on the rise. University campuses, social media, everything, everyone could have a platform to spew hatred, Holocaust denying, all of this. How are you doing with all of this that's happening around us? Right. So I think a lot about this. I know you and I have spoken many times about what's going on in the world and what we're seeing. And just something that you just said really sparked something in my mind. You said, a lot of people, unfortunately, are using social media as a platform to spread negativity and to spread hate. And Eve, I was thinking in the same way that those who want to bring darkness into the world, there are so many of us that need to use that platform to spread light mm -hmm. and I have to admit, I'm seeing what's going on and I'm aware, okay? It's not like I'm putting myself in the dark to it. However, I respond, as I mentioned, I'm living my life and I'm trying to live my life and responding to the darkness that happens to us with light and hope and love. And it's our job and it's our responsibility. Um, to spread that love. And it's not the time for Jews around the world to sit on the sidelines. Or right? to back down. Very often our gut instinct is to shrink away, right? And maybe that's not what we need to be doing right now. Maybe we need to be pushing ourselves forward and being stronger. It's scary. It yeah. is. But I don't know what the alternative is. You know, I can only speak from a personal example. This is going back, Eve, 2014, when there was the war in Israel in the summer, starting off with the kidnap and murder of the three boys. So we all remember what happened, the aftermath. There was all stabbings. It was a very, very difficult time for the Jewish people. Eve, I remember. I will never forget it. You would hear of all these you know, some stabbings, right? And I remember one woman, her name was Daphna Mayer. She was killed because she wouldn't let the terrorists, she was protecting her kids, she wouldn't let them into the house. So I remember hearing that she was killed. And I wanna tell you, I think maybe at that time I wasn't wearing like skirts or something full time. I remember I woke up, I heard that, what happened to her and I thought to myself, okay, you snuffed out one light? Well, guess what? I'm gonna like, put on a skirt today, I'm going to make my light shine even brighter. So that's always my response, right? Um, is to, to show up, despite what's happening around the world, just show up with more light. Um, and so each of us is so precious. Every single one of us is necessary. And that's why I'm saying it's, it's a time right now for, for the Jewish people around the world to unite in being so proud of who we are, wherever we are in the Jewish world and whatever that looks like as individuals to really to show that pride to our families, to our community and really to the world. That's how I respond. It's a beautiful response. I don't know if there is another response. A little light goes a long way when it's so dark 
And there's a famous quote that we said a lot on our trip. We said they tried to bury us, but they didn't realize we were seeds. And we're now such beautiful, beautiful, strong flowers, roses, you know, with our thorns for sure. No denying. We carry our scars as second generation from survivors. We definitely have our issues, whether it's with food, right? We don't want anything to go to waste. I mean, how many generations is that going to be passed down? Many, many. <laughs> I'm definitely doing a good job passing it over. Me too. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, there's, there are many, many hard things that we carry with this responsibility and with this awareness. It's not such a simple thing. But I love your response, Jody, to, to move forward, not backwards, and to, to fight with light and with love and with posit positivity. And I want to add into that education, educating the next generation. You know, ignorance is not bliss. The more you know, the more information you have and our children have to carry with them as they go out onto campuses, the more they could fight the battle. And there will be a battle. It's not going to be easy. Here in Oregon, there's so much on our campuses, the BDS movement. You need to understand who you are. You need to understand where you come from. You need to know the history of your people in order to stand against the hatred that is so commonly thrown towards us. And, and Eve, I will 100%, we just experienced pretty strong anti-Semitism. My husband was verbally assaulted, uh, just heir of Rosh Hashanah. It was, I think, that one of the first times in his life that he was really shaken up. He came home from, um, you know, someone came right at him and called him a fake Jew and uh, said, you're running the world and you're ruining the world. What can I tell you, Eve? It's, it's here. It's anti-Semitism is alive and well, and it's something that we have to deal with in our world. But at the same time, Eve, our grandparents were scared. They had a lot to be scared from, right? I will not be made to feel scared. I will not instill a fear in my children that they should walk out and be afraid to be Jewish. And listen, at the same time, we have to be smart. There are certain times where we have to know where we're going, right? And mm -hmm. I will tell my husband, put on a baseball cap. Okay, like that's reality, right? We have to be smart and aware, but we are not afraid. And I don't want to instill a sense of fear within my family and my community and, and those people that I, you know, people that come into contact with me. I think that's a very important point, right? And as you said, education really equips us and everyone around us. The more knowledge, the more strength, right? You got to know what it means to be Jewish and, and how does that happen? To have that pride in who you are is really understanding who you are and where you come from. Hmm. And um, so, yeah. yeah. Wow, it's, this conversation is very important to have just to kind of strengthen ourselves and move forward. I must say with the recent rise in anti-Semitism, I have been feeling very frightened. We're living in Portland, not far away from a lot of commotion and protests and riots and Antifa. And there's so much going on here that I do feel afraid. And I remember, you know, years ago, we moved to the States 10 years ago. And I remember that first Hanukkah 
when my husband, you know, dusted off, took out of our suitcases, our glass box that he was going to put in the front of our house. And I remember that first night of Hanukkah, he was doing it and he was duct taping and I think there was a crack somewhere and but he was doing his thing getting this glass box to put our silver menorah in outside our house and I remember walking out it was freezing winter the snow was flying all around and I looked outside and there's lots of Christmas decorations we were one of the only menorahs it was a different light out there and I asked my husband maybe we shouldn't do it outside Maybe we should do it just, we could do it by the window, maybe close the shade a little bit. I just didn't know. Anti-Semitism has always been around, whether it's overt or covert. It's mm. always there. It's been put into the foundation of the world since creation, right? We, we know in the Torah, there's anti-Semitism. It's been put in for some reason. It has not been a smooth road for our people. And I remember my husband saying, Eve, you need to put your fear down. We're going to go outside with the whole family. We're going to sing our songs. We're going to light our menorah. And we're going to just do this, even if we feel afraid. And we've been doing it ever since. And yes, we're going to put up our sukkah proudly. We have our mezuzahs on our door. And wherever we go, listen, I look like a Jew. <laughs> you know, and especially when I'm with my children with their tzitzit and their kippah, we get a lot of looks and stares and people bagel us a lot in the stores. And sometimes in my heart, I feel unsure. What are they thinking? Are they lovers? Are they haters? There is that element of fear. But what you're saying is just to move past it and to be strong and to stand proud and shine your light. Shine your light. Light is so much stronger than hatred. That's right. It is complicated, as you mentioned, being a Jew. You know, there's this old saying, it's hard to be a Jew. And now we change the saying. I'm like, no, no, it's amazing. It means amazing. Okay. Amazing to be a Jew and to be proud. You know, when I see my little son also with his seat seat out, I'm so proud. Actually, now that I'm, I'm thinking, walking through those camps, Eve, with my head held high. Um, and just with this pride, this over, overwhelming, it was like, pouring out of me of pride of, oh my gosh, I'm so proud to be Jewish and um, for the role that we have in the world as everyone has their beautiful role and we have ours. And so I feel that that type of pride is really what God is asking us to, you know, step forward with right now and just be who you are. Just bottle up that energy for times that we're not feeling it so strongly. Right. And, and share that. And I'm hoping that people that are listening that might find themselves somewhere in the story mm -hmm. could also feel strengthened by our story, by our words, by our fight that we still have left in us. We're not giving up. We're never going to give up, Jody. <laughs> we're stubborn and we're strong and, and it's in our DNA. We are children of survivors, second generation survivors. And that is something that is a beautiful part of who we are. And it gives us a lot of our strength and our push to move forward. Right. And you mentioned at the beginning of how we have this responsibility to go forward. And one of the things that is difficult for me uh, when I speak to my grandmother, that she doesn't remember everything anymore. She's aware that she doesn't remember. I went to, to visit her on Tisha B'Av this year. We were sitting outside, social distance in a mask. We were talking about the camps and she paused 
and she couldn't remember the names of the camps that she was in. And I remember saying back, don't worry, Bobby, I have your memories stored in my memory. And Eve, you know, the Jewish people, we live on our memory based on memory, such an important part of who we are. And with all the memories and all the amazing stories that you have, you could write books, books and books from all the beautiful stories from your amazing grandparents. It's our responsibility to hold these memories, to share them with our children and really with everyone else who is willing to listen to what we have to the messages that we have to share. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your light with us. I really oh, love you so much. Wish we were closer in proximity, but I feel so close at heart to you and very grateful to God for bringing us together and uh, supporting each other in our work. Eve, thank you so much. Really, thank you to everyone who's listening. And Eve, I just want to say just to be with you in every opportunity. It's like we're connected through the screen. I feel it, okay? And it's just, it's such an honor. Eve, what I learned from you is unbelievable. And uh, you're shining from Portland all the way to Toronto, okay? Uh, so, Love you, my sister. Take uh, care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspired Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing, positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.